Hello, Gladys. How are you? Hi, I am good. I'm doing great. It's Friday today when we're recording. Um, I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to a cozy, nice weekend. How are you? That sounds great. Um, I am good. Like you said, it's Friday, but it's Friday after work. So excuse my mushy brain <laughs> that you might have to encounter during this episode. <laughs> Um, but no, I'm good. What 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 are your cozy plans during the weekend? Honestly, nothing. <laughs> um, last weekend I went to Brighton because I have this I have this thing, this tradition, I guess you can call it, that I go to Brighton once a year. Um, and I hadn't been this year, so I was like, yeah, I definitely still need to go before it gets really cold. Uh, I went there. I dropped my phone in the toilet, which is very random anecdotes. In Brighton? <laughs> in Brighton, yes. I put my phone in like the breast pocket of my jean jacket. And I remember even thinking, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I like bend over and it falls out? <laughs> and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, it happened. It, it, this had never happened to me. I mean, never this was the first time I dropped my phone in the toilet it was it was like the toilet you know nothing had happened (laughs) at least it was before (laughs) it was before but it still wasn't great (laughs) no not in a public toilet either but it's still working you're still texting oh my god that phone it just it just acted like nothing happened but yeah my weekend will be filled with honestly just me reading because <laughs> because I have three months left to achieve my writing goal of 50 books uh my reading goal my writing goal my reading oh well my right my writing goal as well I have a writing goal but I think it's too late for that um, <laughs> that ship has very much sunk already um but my reading goal of 50 books per year um I'm currently <laughs> I'm currently um I've read I think 28 books I think I need to read about eight books a month um to to yeah to reach it which which I'm still I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm not giving up 28 books is already a big number for me I would never manage to read 28 books I think that's I think that's already impressive and with your writing you've been also doing well because you keep posting recently a lot on your blog yeah, I know. Yeah, I really, I don't know. I'm feeling very motivated now. And the podcast really helps with this as well. I just feel like the more I'm, the more productive I feel, the more I feel like doing more and more things. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I did post on my blog. I'm posting again. Um, Well, this week, when you guys are listening to this, like, I don't know, two days from now probably because I think Friday will be my new day I'll start posting on Fridays from now on um so yeah if you want to check out my blog (laughs) it's by gladyselskins.co.uk you can find it on my Instagram as well let's just put it in the description box okay okay why not remind me when I or you just do it if I don't do it (laughs) I can do it I'll do it (laughs) just just a shameless plug yeah (laughs) Well, should we intro the podcast? We've been talking for a bit now. Let people know who they're listening to if they haven't come across, if they came across us for the first time. Who knows? Well, welcome to Millennial Musings, everyone. I am Isabella. 
and I'm Gladys, and we are two opinionated millennials who have made dumb mistakes, and we still do. What we want to do here is share our experiences and offer the advice that we wish we had received. And disclaimer, we are not therapists or life coaches, and we have no actual criteria to be giving advice. Um, but we could be a new bestie or big sister. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready for some millennial musings. We focus on different themes, and today, this is actually the start of our new theme, Shit, I'm a Woman. <laughs> we're very excited about this theme, and today we're diving into all things feminism. Yes. Um, and I love the name of our theme. <laughs> yeah, you came up with it. It's great. <laughs> because I think everyone has has had that realisation at some point. Yes, and that can be in all kinds of ways. Like you summed it up quite well before we started recording. It's like, shit, I'm a woman. It's not that much fun. Or shit, I'm a woman. Because you realise you're actually a woman trapped in a male's body at 50. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So today we'll try and share some personal experiences and then also just some some thoughts and some things that we found um, and that we wanted to discuss. And we hope that everyone can kind of relate to this in a way that would be nice. Yes. Um, before we get into it, just a quick reminder, today is the last way to enter our giveaway. Um, if you want more information on that, go to our Instagram account at We Are Millennial Musings, where we posted the whole instructions. If you're listening to this in the morning or during the day, you still have time to enter the giveaway until midnight, and we will announce the winner on the 22nd of October, which I think is a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, the ice cream van is here, so I'm sorry if you can hear that. <laughs> I can't hear anything. Okay. Um. Yes. So I hope that all of you have entered by now. And yeah, we'll see. We'll see who wins. And then we'll probably be doing more of these. At least that's the goal. If this one goes well, then we'll do some more giveaways in the future. We will. Um. But well, I guess we're almost ready to dive into our episode. But you know what's going to happen now because it's still October <laughs> it is October <laughs> and I brought you another spooky film fact da -da -dum. <laughs> so Welcome to the Spooky Corner. Today's movie, cursed movie, that I have brought to you is The Exorcist from 1973. A horror movie I personally actually haven't watched yet because when I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean like eight or nine, I don't know, maybe it was ten, I was young, and my brother, who's eight years older than me, uh, showed me that game, you know, where you use the mouse and you have to go through a maze with a little square and you're not allowed to touch the corners, so you have to focus a lot, and then in this third level you have to focus very much, and then the face of the exorcist girl comes and screams at you, traumatized me, never watched that movie because of that. Anyway, so... I'm not really going to give much of the plot because it's very obvious. It's a girl, Reagan. She gets possessed by a demon. An exorcist comes. Lots of creepy things happen. 
lots of vomiting scenes. Scenes also a reason I don't want to watch the movie. But so, like I said, it's another movie that is said to be cursed, and the reason people think that is because, again, like in the two previous facts, two pre was it two? Yeah, in the two previous uh film sets, real people died during making The Exorcist. And for many years, the film was said to be dangerous, not just for the cast, but even for the audiences. Um, but then people were asking, was it just a marketing hype? Was it a coincidence? Or was there something more? <laughs> um, anyway, on set, there were several injuries, including long-term back injuries for both the girl who played the possessed Regan. I hope you say Regan. I think that's how you say it. And Ellen Burstyn, who is played... It, is it like the like the president? <laughs> I don't know. Like like the homophobic president who has the AIDS crisis on his... <laughs> that blood on his hands. Because then, then it would be Reagan. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's, ri- it's written R-E-G-A-N. Oh. Well, let's go with Reagan then. Well, yes. Anyway, so the woman who played her mother also um, suffered from severe back injuries uh, in the long run. But, I mean, that's not that scary. We all probably have back injuries because we're millennials and we're almost 30 or over 30. Um, So the other creepy thing that happened was there was a fire that burned down most of the set during filming, except for Regan's bedroom, which most cast members thought was a bit strange. Um, In addition, a man who played a nurse in the film actually killed a reporter before The Exorcist was released and he confessed to the crime quite quickly but he couldn't provide to the police why he did it. He had absolutely no idea why he did it. He has no motive. You could say he almost felt possessed. Um, And here is the part that actually makes me feel the weirdest about this whole cursed thing. So the first time The Exorcist was shown in a theatre in Rome, it was shown in a theatre that was in between two churches. Um, and on the day of the movie premiere, there was severe, heavy rain. Like it was pouring it down. There was a lightning storm that weather actually wasn't expected. Um, but to make the atmosphere even more terrifying, there was one lightning strike that caused one of the ancient crosses, which was 400 years old to fall in the center of the theater. And yeah, it was a bit of an unsettling incident and it convinced many that there was something ominous about the movie. (laughs) And lastly, when The Exorcist was released, it was, first of all, the highest grossing film of the time at this point, but audiences reported having physical reactions to it, such as fainting and vomiting. Glad I wasn't in the cinemas at that point. Um, And then one woman even blamed a miscarriage on the film. And it was said that anyone could be possessed by the film just by watching it and that it gave an evil path to corrupt human souls. No, it gave the evil a path to corrupt human souls. Um, And yeah, the movie, of course, was protested in some cities and it was banned in parts of the UK. And it was also said that groups waiting in line outside the theatres sometimes randomly broke out into violence. Okay, these are getting increasingly creepy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, it's terrifying. I mean, the cross really is the thing that scares me. I'm like, was it just some weird intern that was forced to let the cross fall down? <laughs> and yeah, that's that's a lot of coincidence. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things going on here. I'm a, I read there's actually a new exodus coming out. Um it's two girls, one's even black. Um so I might watch that. It's gonna come out today actually. I think today or next week. But yeah. Oh really? Oh yeah, like I like I said in I think maybe last week or two weeks ago, um, I watched The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which is based on a true story. I think in in real life it's a German girl. Oh um, god, yeah. You can hear you can actually Google that. I think Anneli something. Oh, I did. I, I, did. I did. You can I did hear Google the original it. sound of the exorcism. It's so terrifying. <laughs> I know. It, yeah, I did listen to it at some point. But that movie traumatized me like nothing else. It scared me so much. To this day, when I wake up at 3am, I'm trying to smell if I can smell some smoke. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and then you know there's that one shot where she's like you know you know what I mean like she's like in a very very weird position oh yeah like tabletop yeah yeah that's that's the best description <laughs> yeah some circus and, vibe going on oh there. my god oh that scared me so much. like I said that that poor actress like I can't I can't look at her face anymore without seeing that shot yeah, we can move on now. I'm alone in the flat and I'm hearing weird things. I'm scaring myself. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, do you want to hear something very, very sweet, actually? And it's yes. very... The timing is perfect. We just got on the Millennial Musings Instagram account, we just got a message from Evie. We, we both know Evie. Uh, and she says, I love the new creepy section. Oh, I love that. I haven't read the message yet. Thank you, Evie. I'm glad it's being appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes it is i really love it cool so let's get creepier let's get into feminism and all the rights women don't have <laughs> okay <laughs> what a way to spend our friday night <laughs> yeah okay so i have a confession to make let's okay. let's just start with this i'll just get it off my chest immediately <laughs> um i have to say that as a woman, <laughs> um, as a cisgender woman, um, interestingly enough, sexism was actually one of the very last isms <laughs> that I became aware of, which is interesting because apart from fat phobia, it's basically the only form of discrimination that I personally face. Um, but just, I don't know, in my, in my, I don't know, I would say rather privileged upbringing in many ways, um, until quite recently, well, I mean, until a couple of years ago, I was actually one of those people who thought that feminism was going too far. And that, you know, I, I, I even remember me saying things like, oh my God, like women act like, like this is just a handmaid's tale everywhere. And like in the Western world, we don't, like sexism is not really a thing and everything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm horrified by these, <laughs> by these, these quotes, just so you all know. But I do remember feeling that way. I remember feeling like, oh, but I've never been treated unfairly because of my gender. And the funny, well, it's not funny, but <laughs> 
<laughs> but the interesting thing was that I said all of the, these things while at the same time I had I regularly was in situations where I had to, for example, get a bus driver involved because I was being harassed. Or I went home crying because men had been shouting profanities at me on the street. And all of these things happened, but I kind of categorized them as one-off events. And I just did not realize that this was all part of the patriarchal system and this is just all connected. And that's kind of the first thing I wanted to make very clear because I think that for many, many people maybe still feel that way because based on many conversations that I've had in my own life and everything that is that is kind of a thing and and maybe part of that is you don't want to realize or maybe you don't want those rose tinted glasses to come off and to realize how bad the situation actually is and it's it's you know it's about every single form of discrimination it's like you don't it's it's very uncomfortable to realize that everything that you have believed for so long is different or is not is not true and is actually not as great as you've been telling yourself and once you start seeing it you kind of can't really unsee it and that can be very uncomfortable um but once you do start seeing it you realize it's very small things sometimes it's like going to the garage or even a doctor and being talked down to like you have no idea what's happening and feeling like every time I go to the garage I need to hype myself up I need to tell myself I need to give myself a pep talk and be like okay I need this and I'm not leaving here before I have it um or it's subtle comments that your grandparents make that show that they think that there's a very clear gender divide of household tasks or something and or it's that time that we went to this Greek restaurant and we ordered a lot of bread and that waiter, that man was like, oh, that's too much bread. <laughs> you shouldn't order that much bread. And it's like, would you say this if we were too, if we were too older men? Probably not. And yeah, it's it's just all these things. It's just the fact that society is built on the belief that the worlds and the streets belong to men. Um, and I know that for many people, this is probably stating the obvious, but I also think that there's many people who just, I don't know, maybe do need to hear that. <laughs> no, I agree. I think many people kind of still need to hear it, even though it is stating the obvious, because and we're going to go back to this later, but otherwise there wouldn't have been so many people offended by the Barbie movie <laughs> um, or annoyed of it. Um, but I have to agree, like, sexism out of all isms and phobias is also the one I noticed last um and actually only once I really entered the um work and job world really because I have to say I kind of grew up in a bubble like I was raised mainly in a female-led household I mean my dad was there but he did move to the UK when I was 10 we still obviously visited and saw each other a lot but my main role models were my mom and my grandma um, so in my eyes, they were just putting it all together. Like they were doing everything. My mom went to work, my grandma took care of the house. If something broke, they had to take care of it. Like 
I saw it all happening through them. And then in addition, from 10 to 18, I went to an all-girls school with a female headmaster during the time I was there. Like, I never felt like there was anything I couldn't do because I was a female. I never felt any of that inequality because I was constantly surrounded by women doing it all. I mean, of course, I had male teachers but they weren't discriminating us because there was no one they could discriminate us against and they would all tell us to go and become doctors and do all the big things no one just told us I mean yeah you know what I mean um and during uni I mean I was always aware that there's feminism going on you hear the word growing up even when you're younger and once I was at uni obviously I learned a lot more about it because we talked about it I read about it it just came with my field of studies so but then a lot of the times I had that, Im- well, during that time, I had that image that feminists were like, I don't know, these angry, aggressive, unattractive women, because that's how they were portrayed in the media. And it was at uni, actually, when I really realized that that was probably just put into my head by a man who didn't want feminism to look inviting, to be honest. But yeah. Um, I also at UD surrounded myself in quite alternative circles and my internships and jobs, surprisingly, I always had women as managers. So I just didn't really experience any big issues. But then I entered the corporate world and it changed everything. Like it slapped me in the face. It came at me with its pants down. (laughs) Like I was literally hit by a wrecking ball. And where I am right now is the peak of frustration when it comes to feeling this inequality. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, exactly. I mean, I think I've, yeah, I've quite a similar experience in that. Like my family never, I mean, I have very strong women in my family as well. Um, And Nobody in my family ever told me like, oh, but you're a girl, so you need to do this or you can't do this or something. Quite quite the opposite, really. So I never really realized it. Um, and then, yeah, when I started exactly student jobs or um, internships or whatever, it was it was usually women. But then, of course, that's probably also because it was entry level, <laughs> you know, like I didn't enter as a CEO because <laughs> then I would probably be seeing very different demographics um but yeah it and then like I said it it kind of started with because very like you know very um aggressive examples or instances of sexism happened to me like I said like being harassed being assaulted being followed home all of these things but I just kept like I said categorizing those as like oh yeah but some some people are just bad some people are just horrible people but I never really made the connection (laughs) and I think that that's just the case for so many people yeah I don't think people some like it doesn't even have to be being cat called on the street and all those things it's just like I mean I've heard about from several women now who are on LinkedIn and then they get weird messages from people which is obviously them trying to start like I mean, I don't know. Is it a thing? Do you slide in someone's LinkedIn DMs and comment no. about how good they look in their profile picture? I actually think some people might. I don't know. But I've heard from several people that that happened and it was always women and I'm and it was always men contacting them. And I'm like, they find it funny, but I'm like, would they do it? Like, I mean, I don't know. 
they're just commenting on the smile of that woman. It's not really the place to do it. And I know that seems probably like that is nothing and I'm just making a big deal out of nothing. But I don't know. I find I found it weird the first time I heard it. That is weird. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, that is weird. And that's extremely inappropriate. Can there be one channel where people just don't like you know the point of LinkedIn is professionalism that it's your professional network sliding into someone's DMs to flirt on LinkedIn I know what it's weird (laughs) yeah no absolutely not Mm -mm -mm. no (laughs) yeah so I so Emma Watson gave a speech um for the he for she movement at the UN a few years ago um, I found his I find her speech really inspiring also because it's not based on that feminism means we hate men kind of thing, which feminism in general isn't, and I'll get to that in a bit as well. But um I kind of mentioned the speech now because I used it as an inspiring source for this episode. Um and yeah, I think one thing she says is nowadays when we use the word feminism or when people say they actively fight for women's rights that it's like I said often associated with men hating but then if you just look up the pure definition of feminism it just says feminism feminism is the belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities it is the theory of political economic and social equality of the sexes and it's as simple as that it I mean, yeah, it sounds like the bare minimum to me, but that's just not how this world works, unfortunately. Um, Yeah, and that, yes, and that brings us to, and you said it earlier as well, um, how people reacted to something as as innocent as the Barbie movie, um, which, yes, did have a feminist message, um, and it was a masterpiece, (laughs) and I've watched it more than once already. But then I actually had people in my own friend groups, women, say things like, yeah, but I thought it was a bit aggressive and it shouldn't be the the other way around either. And then it's like, that that is not going to happen. That will never happen. This entire world, this entire society is built on the belief that men are valued more than women. And a Barbie movie is not going to change that. And I just don't understand how people seem to think that something like that is can be put on the same level as 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 literally just the world that we live in and the things that we are facing on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, just for everyone who hasn't watched the Barbie movie, like the general message of the movie is literally just that the Barbies and the Kens and the Ellen are freed from like the shackles of patriarchy and it just shows how it can negatively impact everybody in different ways not just women but like men as well and everyone else um it's and the what barbie did what the barbie movie did is it just annoyed all the right people um (laughs) there was one wife i read of a congressman in the us she called for a boycott of the film because of the representation of LGBTQ plus people and because of its lack of religion. Um, she actually said, would a Barbie in church be weird to anyone? <laughs> um, and then, well, of course, Fox News accused it of toxic femininity. Um, and yeah, others have complained about it as well, especially because they casted a trans woman as a doctor. I mean, that's a whole episode. 
in itself that we can talk about. Um, but what I what annoyed me the most is that people accused the film of being too woke because including all types of people is apparently very suspect. <laughs> um and honestly, I think if you find that film too woke, I think you need to ask yourself why you are thinking that. You're just not used to seeing that on TV because TV is always curated to the patriarchy's eyes. Especially yeah. when the women are pretty. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we said when you um did the James Bond bit <laughs> and you explained the male gaze in film and everything as well. And that's just what we are used to. So that when there's a, a film project that doesn't do that and that's different, my cat is scratching <laughs> like there's no tomorrow if he wants to come in. Um, but yeah, exactly. Then then we're just not we're just not used to used to that. And then we're like, oh, oh no, this is this is weird. This is unusual. Um, and I have I've seen some hysterical posts about Americans and the Barbie movie people who like that that one guy what's his fucking name Ben Shapiro or something <laughs> it's like he's he's one of those it's like he's like an Andrew Tate kind of person um and then he went to the Barbie movie several times to boycott but then it's kind of like okay so you go there you go there a handful of times you go there more than once <laughs> you go there more than once <laughs> because you don't like it okay okay um, did he watch it yeah. Oh god. So he gives them <laughs> yeah, the money yeah, yeah. to get the tickets as well. Yeah, and then there's people like destroying Barbies and everything. And oh, honestly, I, I I cannot. Then again, the US is, is literally a joke, but <laughs> for a okay. in, in many ways. I just don't understand how you can't see that it's not gonna destroy men and to pay well. The patriarchy, yes, but it's not like about destroying men and telling men they're bad. Yes, they made a few jokes about like stereotypical male hobbies and stuff, but like, come on, you can handle a joke. <laughs> I mean, it's literally just a joke. Anyway, um, every other race, gender, and anyone else had to handle a lot of jokes <laughs> before then. Um, and I just don't see why just making things equal. That's all the movies the movie does, right? It just tries to make things equal. So that's no one's going to be preferred or anything. And yet men act like they have to be, they're being pushed down by us. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, I thought the jokes were very clever because there was, um, and I have actually seen um, Fat's uh, Liberation accounts or, well, people, people on Instagram, <laughs> like, um, body positive, oh, body positivity activists, um, complain about the jokes about cellulite, but I actually didn't see it that way. I I thought it was criticism of just the impossible beauty standards on women. I, as a fat person with a lot of cellulite, I'm basically an orange, and I I was not offended by this at all. I didn't know. I I I thought it that's exactly what it was trying to do. Yes, because the message in that joke was real. A woman not made of plastic has cellulite. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. But I did find, actually, and, I, well, I did find some stories about women breaking up with their boyfriends over the Barbie movie. <laughs> Love um, it. Love it. And I'm just going to tell you real quick. So one of 
the women who broke up with their boyfriend told Huffington Post that she and her now ex were having issues already, but she realized that they needed to part ways when he didn't understand why a feminist, why the feminist speech, you know, the big speech um, in the movie made her cry. Um, and then the movie showed her they were just not on the same wavelength when it came to their views on gender, she said. So good on her. It's like we said, you need to change the list of expectations you have in your partner, <laughs> in your future partner. So it's good that she just stood with her values. And then the other one um, said, over the duration of the movie, I could tell my boyfriend was getting more and more uncomfortable and upset. And I was getting really sad, both from the movie and his reaction. And I knew we would end up having a conversation about it afterwards. He didn't talk to me until we got in the car. And he then told me that he was really offended by the movie and said it was the kind of thing I should have watched with my girlfriends and not him. Um, I understood where he was coming from, but I'm not going to even start explaining why I disagreed. We have been having problems with this weird, with his weird comments about women, the LGBT community and other stuff before. He would deem it bitch shit. Okay. Maybe it was a long time maybe it was long time coming, but this was the straw that broke the camel's back. I was tired of having to always deal with his attitude and disrespect and was also maybe on this girl power high. So I told him it was over. <laughs> Yeah, but you shouldn't have to deal with that for even five minutes. No, you shouldn't have to. I'm glad <laughs> no. she just saw it though then. And I would like to say, if you're thinking of dating someone or you're dating someone of any gender, take them to the Barbie movie or ask them about their opinions on the Barbie movie because that's how you can, how you can tell what kind of person you're dealing with. <laughs> because, you know, me and my boyfriend, we went and you know how the whole Barbie Oppenheimer thing was a thing and many people were like oh yeah I need to you know my boyfriend wants to watch Oppenheimer I want to watch Barbie I asked my boyfriend if he wanted to watch Oppenheimer his exact words were fuck no <laughs> so he wanted to go watch Barbie so he went to see Barbie and he cried several times and then we went to see it again and he cried several times again that's the kind of man you need girls I love that. Also, my advice is don't watch Barbie and then watch Oppenheimer. If anything, do it the other way around because you're on, like that girl said who broke up with her boyfriend, you're on that girl's power high and then you have to go and watch why old men fight about science is not really the vibe. No. <laughs> well, I still haven't seen it, but I can imagine. Oh, it's too long. I'm not going to do that again because I had my whole rant at some point. Yeah, you gave your review. Yeah. Um, but actually, talking about men and understanding the Barbie movie. I actually want to quote Emma Watson directly here because I think it's really hard to put it in any better words, if that's okay. Okay, so what she's saying is, in at some point at the beginning of her speech, men, I would like to take this opportunity to extend your formal invitation. Gender equality is your issue too, because to date, I've seen my father's role as a parent being valued less by society, despite my need of his presence as a child, as much as my mother's. I've seen young men suffering from mental illness, unable to ask for help, for fear it would make them lesser men. In fact, in the UK, suicide is the biggest killer of men between 20 to 49, eclipsing road accidents, cancer and coronary heart disease. Um, I've seen men made fragile and insecure by a distorted sense of what constitute what constitutes a male's success. Men don't have the benefits of equality either. 
And I think that is perfectly put. And it really links also perfectly to our episode where we said um, called straight men hate them or date them, where we address the issue of toxic masculinity and how not women alone, but men in society in general suffer from it. Yeah, I mean, men men have so much to gain from equality as well. Um, but But of course, that's the thing with, like I said as well, every kind of equality. It's people who are on the top who feel like, oh, but if these people get the same rights, then I will have to give mine up. Or, but there's no, there's no limited amount of being treated like a human being. <laughs> you know, everyone can be on the same level, and everyone can can get the same level of respect. Yeah, um, and I think, sorry, go on. Um, no, I just wanted to say yes, like you said. Well, like Emma said. <laughs> um. This all of this has such a a bad effect on men's mental health, and but then I can understand also that it's difficult to realize that if that's how you grow up, and if that's what you see everywhere, and if that's what you get told everywhere. But these these beliefs in toxic masculinity that you must provide, that you have to always be strong and everything. Yes, like you said, there's evidence that countries that are more gender diverse have lower suicide rates yeah because you're not hiding your who you are <laughs> um talking about other countries in the worst in the not so good way though i mean when we when you and i just talked about feminism we talked about like work and like just western problems i would say whereas you and i are just a few of the women who actually don't suffer from the really really bad human rights issues like some areas in asia when you're born a girl and you're just literally worth nothing because you should have been a boy or where you literally still can't to go to school like in different parts of africa you just don't need to do your education because you're just meant to cook and take care of the home like there's so much to do and the only way we can actually do something about it is when women make it up into more powerful positions and get into politics and actually get a chance to fight or not just women men who are allies people who are allies to women and women's rights but those people need to get into powerful position to actually have an option to change something i agree but (laughs) i also i also have something that's very um very like connected to this so yeah i um i also did want to discuss this as well because feminism or the concept or the the feminism beliefs are also not flawless um and i think that there are also many women who rightfully don't want to identify as a feminist and have every reason for that um yeah first of all i think feminism and and the voices that you hear are mostly white and able bodies uh, and thin bodies, <laughs> and um, so that's definitely a thing. But then I also think that there is a massive class issue in Western Europe where we are as well. And I actually found a bell hooks quote that says um, the solution seems to be that we need more women in positions of in positions of power. However, this has historically led to women changing their beliefs towards a more patriarchal mindset. And once again, leaving the lower class dis- disenfranchised. So, yes, I can kind of see that as well, that you have occasionally you have a woman who kind of climbs that ladder and is in that male environment. But then there is still the idea of like, oh, but 
then they need to do what men do because men how men behave is still the standard yes and that's what also well apparently the main thing that needs to be broken like women should be allowed and able to go out go up the ladder without becoming part of the patriarchy to that extent that it doesn't actually change anything that they are women (laughs) who once wanted to fight for women's rights so what you just said about um feminists often or some flaws of feminism being like it's often white women that are able-bodied etc it brings up for me the topic of black feminism and intersectional intersectionality because there is a difference between feminism and black feminism so when let's go back to when white women were fighting for women's rights in the 60s black women in addition to that were also fighting for their civil civil rights issues right and to this day black women have to fight different biases than white women in addition to all the women rights um that we're still fighting for or the equality equality between men and women so even though we all want those equal rights for women there are different things to fight when it comes to women of color um and that is just because black women are positioned fundamentally differently within the structures of power than white women um and actually since the noughties there is a tag that started popping up called white feminist and it's a tag that well that tag criticizes feminists who avoid the issues of intersectionality just a quick simple definition of intersectionality that i got from google (laughs) um is Intersectionality is the acknowledgement that everyone has their own unique experiences of discrimination and oppression, and we must consider everything and anything that can marginalize people, be it gender, race, class, sexual orientation, physical ability, etc. And I actually think an example is what you you actually had a similar example on your Instagram account, but you will know in a second what I mean. Um, so let's say. Um, a black woman gets shot in America, right? Let's say by the police. Um, then it ends up on social media, as it unfortunately so often does. And then people are asking and requesting justice. Good. So let's say I post that. And then I would have a white woman messaging me. I don't know why this is a black people problem. There was just a white woman being shot too by her neighbor for no reason. There is like a general gun problem in America. Um that shows then that I think she's completely blind to the intersectionality issues. And that doesn't mean that it's horrific that this white woman got shot. It's just as bad as the black woman being shot. There's just a difference in how you have to approach the issue because one is still a justice issue and the other one is someone being shot because there's just too many guns in America. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I hope it kind of explains what I'm saying. Because do you remember there was, I think this girl shot, a black girl shot in a driveway or something and I think you posted it and I posted it on Instagram and then this woman we went on that big trip with um sent you a message on Instagram saying but why is it always it's not really just about black people that there was just a young girl being shot that was white as well do you remember oh yes yeah I do I do yeah for the longest time I was like what what does she mean what was on my Instagram (laughs) well not on your Instagram you got it in your DMs (laughs) yeah 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 I did I did and yeah (laughs) yeah that that's a difficult one when um and then of course all all lives matter kind of mentality that it is it is yeah yeah it's the like yeah but bad things happen to everyone to white people as well yes but 
bad things don't happen because you're white. And that's just a big difference. <laughs> your life is not harder because of your skin color. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah. And it, that's, that's a very difficult conversation when people, when people look at it that way. Um, it's unfortunate when they ask you, for example, to like educate them on that because that should be, yeah, yeah. white people's responsibility. Yes, I agree. It's like they are scared or like they worry that we, that black people want people to see that it's way worse if black people die, but it's not a battle of who is, whose tragedy is more, more of a tragedy. It's just about fighting the issues that are behind it. Like you said, I actually have also a more everyday kind of example that, well, every day, I mean, it sounds at this point to me that every day someone's getting shot in America. But um, I mean, like an everyday, a bit lighter, but still really sad example. Um, For example, let's go back to the corporate theme um, to explain the intersectionality issue. I mean, so let's take the black women often suffer from the angry black women stereotype. We all know when a woman gets angry, they are called emotional or hysterical by men. Um, if they get angry and they are a manager people will say I hate that manager she's so bossy whereas if a man does it it's mostly like oh I'm scared of him like I respect him now if a black woman though just as much as doesn't smile at the workplace she's basically being seen as the angry black woman stereotype not just by men but also by women in the office and I can tell you if I would have gotten a pound every time someone told me you should smile. You seem so angry. I would not have to work a single day in my life. <laughs> it's just my face. Anyway, um, anger, as we know, is a very commonly expressed emotion in the workplace. But I found research from the Harvard Business Review, and that found that when people see a black woman become angry, they're likely to attribute the anger to the their personality, which then keeps black women often from reaching leadership positions or promotions or just in general going up the ladder within corporate systems um but yeah i just thought that stereotype is a nice example to explain intersectionality um but yeah it's just one small part of the big shit pie that will really (laughs) i also wanted to add that um i mean that we you know we might sound like a bit preachy or like we have all the all the information and everything and that's obviously not the case like we're also still learning and everything but then of course like it is our podcast so we do share the things that we have learned and like our opinion on things so we're not trying to sound like let let us teach you the right way or like how to live but yeah we're just sharing our opinions and the things that we have learned and hopefully you can kind of relate to that or connect with it in a way yeah yep yep yep. but um of course like we said there are some issues with the feminism as a concept but whether you call it feminism or just conversations around equality or whatever whatever you prefer to call it um because I think it was also Emma Watson who said something like you know, if you don't call yourself a feminist, but at the end of the day, if you believe women should have equal rights, I've news for you, you're a feminist. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, 
I think I kind of also wanted to talk about the, well, you said it earlier as well, the idea that feminists hate men and that they're all very aggressive and that they're angry. Well, I mean, first of all, I think we have more than enough reason to be angry. <laughs> There's a lot to be angry about. I didn't really yeah. mean you shouldn't be angry. I meant like, you know, the just the scary, how, the way women were shown when they were talking about feminists in media back in the day as well. Yeah, but I, yeah, I actually, um, I think a couple episodes ago, I recommended the book uh, or the little, it's a little essay, I think. Uh, it's called I Hate Men. It's translate, it's French originally from Pauline Armange, I think. And I read a quote by her that says, and I 100% agree with this, um, women and feminists have spent a lot of time and energy reassuring men that no, we don't hate them and they're welcome and we do care about them. But what have we gotten in return from them? Oh yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean that's that's the thing. There's so many men and women who are offended by this, who are offended by a book that's called "I Hate Men," who are offended by a Barbie movie, who are offended by probably us saying these things. And if that's the thing that you're offended by, you really need to have. <laughs> A good chat with yourself, I think. Um, and and it's, you know, a, a very, very sad and tragic example of this was the murder of Sarah Everard, which for people who don't live in the UK or in London, was a woman in London who was on her way home. She got stopped by um, a police officer in a police car um, and she got told that she had to get in the car because she had done something wrong i think back back then it was um a breach COVID. of covid rules yeah. covid rules yeah um and he murdered her so she got she got murdered um by by a police officer and one of the things that you immediately saw that immediately sprouted out of nowhere on social media was the hashtag not all men i'm sorry a woman got murdered by a police officer and that's what you're concerned with? That that made me so incredibly furious. If that is the thing that you're concerned with, what on earth is wrong with you? Yeah. And that just that just brings me back to um to what we discussed last episode or two weeks ago or whenever <laughs> whenever it was uh no we know that it's not all men we know that not every man goes out with the intent of attacking and murdering a woman but how many men speak up when misogynistic jokes are made at work how many men call out their best friend when they say something sexist that's that's the issue and if you at this point if you don't actively do that you're part of the problem and I don't care what anyone says when they're like oh yeah I'm not but I, I don't do that I'm not that bad and also I recently read somewhere on social media and something that I thought was very very accurate unfortunately it said everyone knows a woman who's been harassed and everyone knows a woman who's been assaulted but nobody seems to know a man who assaults women there's mm, the math the math ain't nothing there's something something that's not right here so instead of immediately going well I'm not like that I don't do that think about if that's really true think about all of the things that you have done to fight sexism 
And if you can't really think of anything, then I would, I would just, yeah, I would, I would just not, not do the whole not all men thing or, or whatever. I mean, I saw this statistic that said that on average, two women a week are killed by a current or a former partner in England. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's why um, I saw this this quote in The Guardian that said, that's why it's so hard to take these claims that men hate is a problem to take that seriously because they're based on the idea that women making fun of men or, or women insulting men or women offending men is similar to women literally getting killed and getting attacked by men. And of course, these things happen to men as well. Of course, horrible things happen to men as well. But statistically, there is a problem with violence against women. I think I I, I hope that we can all agree on that. Yeah. And I think, and don't quote me on this, but even with the Gabby Petito case, um, the girl who first went missing and then was found dead in America went on a road trip with her boyfriend. Um I think when they were they were seen fighting in public and then someone called the police and then the police came and there's the whole police camera footage as well. And I think at some point he says, so I don't know what his name was, the guy, her, her, Brian, Brian something. Brian, yeah. He yeah. says, oh, she's just really like hysterical, basically. I don't know if he says it word by word, but basically she was just being put off as like, yeah, she gets like this sometimes and the police officer just kind of accepted it, whereas I think they should have intervened. If someone calls the police because a couple is fighting, it's not a normal fight. And you could have just talked to them separately and then take tell them separate for the night and then go back. Because obviously you can't arrest someone for that or do anything. They can't know that she will end up dead. But I think you just need to take these domestic abuse things a bit more serious. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, actually, I was on holiday once in Wales. Um, and I had I called the police because of a domestic abuse situation. I'm laughing because of your face. <laughs> because recognition all of a sudden hit you or like you remembered it. No, um, I just I had... remembered only you get into these situations. And I remembered the police officer who said something about finding a head. <laughs> yeah so yeah I was on holiday the people in the room next to me were fighting I heard things that really didn't sound right and I for the longest time was thinking okay is this like am I am, am I exaggerating am I making this up are they just having a fight or is it but I just knew that it it didn't sound right like it, it just did not and I think exactly like you said I need to stop saying exactly <laughs> but like you said um you kind of know, like you can you can tell when it's not a normal argument and the police came and I have to say they, well, actually it was still England. It was on the border between England and Wales. The police handled this perfectly. I know, I know that I complain a lot about the UK, but in that situation, 12 out of 10, there were four people there. I had to let them in because there was no one in the pub at that time. So I had to go find the key in the middle of in that pub in the dark. Um, and then let them in and they took the man away. And then the next morning I gave my statement and everything. And yeah, then the, <laughs> then one of the officers was like, yeah, you know, you would think that this is a very quiet area and everything, but we actually recently found a body, a decapitated body, and we haven't found the head yet. And I was like, well, 
with my luck, I'm I'm about to go for a walk. I'll call you in a bit. I'll probably find it somewhere. <laughs> but um, you didn't. But, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Um, but but yeah, that yes, yeah. And I I also I read a statistic by the UN that says, um, women aged eighteen to twenty four, so young young women, uh, eighty six percent said they had been sexually harassed in public spaces. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we just had the Oktoberfest. Well, we, they, Germany just had the Oktoberfest in Munich. And honestly, I don't know if it's because I follow so many true crime people, probably, but the statistics, and I can't tell you any numbers right now, but they were insane about how many people got sexually harassed at the Oktoberfest. And one of the true crime podcasters that I listen to, they're called mod of x um they actually i think we'll do a whole episode about it because one of their friends actually got like involved in a really serious uncomfortable sexual harassment situation and there are investigations going on so i don't know you can't just you just can't go i don't know i don't i wonder okay if i would go to the Oktoberfest, which i would never would but if i would go there one of the first thoughts of me would be I don't know if I want to wear a dental because I can't be asked for all the comments. First of all, because I would be a black woman in a dental, but also because, I don't know, the boobs will be out and the men won't be able to shut up and then I probably will be blamed that I wear that outfit, you know? So I'm like, men don't think about that. They just go to the Oktoberfest and get smashed. Whereas I'm pretty sure a lot of women will actually think about certain situations that they want to stay out of like going to the bathroom by themselves or whatever yeah that there are so many so many things that you can you can just tell what what men that men sometimes just don't have to think about these things I mean you told me the other day that you know you're having builders in your flat and that you were thinking oh but I'll be by by myself with these with men that I don't know in my flat and that's just something that probably you're your boyfriend wouldn't really think about because the no. his worst his worst case scenario is maybe oh they can knock me unconscious and rob me but your worst case scenario i mean there's there's quite a few options and again i'm not saying this doesn't happen to men but it's just not like we we have to think about these things every minute of every day yeah and it's also the way like when i was when I started going out, I had to remember my mom telling me, put your finger on the bottle, even when you're holding it. Don't drink a drink that's been standing around for a while and just all the precautions of getting roofied, etc. And actually, there is, I'm bringing it back to true crime, but there's a true crime case. Well, it's an actual thing, that ha- tragic thing that happened in Manchester. There was this specific club and there was this one person who always went there and actually picked up like they were big guys. They were like rugby player kind of guys and took them back to his apartment because they and he basically waited for people who have trouble getting back home and like kind of befriended them and then offered them a place to stay at his flat. And then they went back with him and then he offered them something to drink. Whereas whenever I was with a guy at that place, I always made sure I see them prepare the drink because that's what was put in my head from early days on. Um, And obviously, you're not brought up like this as a guy. You don't expect a guy to do something to you because you just don't have that mindset that we have. And those guys were actually then roofied by that guy, just through their water or whatever. 
And he then sexually abused them, filmed it on his camera, and some of them didn't even know this happened because they just woke up the next day, but there were a few that actually woke up during and they remembered and then the police looked into this. They found a lot of videos how he was abusing guys and it was just horrible. Yeah, and men... That's that's the big thing that we as women, um, we get told growing up, oh, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, which basically is saying me right now as well. I live in an area that's considered it's considered a rough area in London. It has a reputation. It does. Um, and, you know, I live by myself. I so right now I have I have a spray in my bag I have an alarm I have all of these things that I'm holding in my hand every time I basically every time I leave the house by myself um but we get told to do all of these things we get told oh you need to be prepared and basically what you're saying is okay I know that they will do it to someone I just need to make sure it's not me I just need to make sure that they do this to someone else which is um it's disgusting it's outrageous and where are where are these things for men? Where where are the speeches to, to when men grow up that they can't do this shit? That mm. they can't do that? That no means no. Where are where are those where are those conversations with men? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I actually would like to know if any guy is listening to us still by now because it doesn't feel insulted. Um, have you ever had a talk with a parent or? any male role model or anyone man woman who actually made you aware of don't do certain things like it's just not acceptable and you might see it in movies or hear about it from friends or some people might find it funny but there are things you just can't do as a man like i don't know catcalling grabbing someone because you think it's funny whatever i really want yeah let us know let us know um, I also actually have a nice, well, it's not nice, uh, example of how normalized being harassed is for women because I was harassed by <laughs> this, pe- well, people are going to laugh and you're, you're, you're allowed to laugh, <laughs> but it's, I, I honestly can't believe this happened to me, um, by a person in a Pluto costume in Disneyland Paris. Excuse me? Yeah, have I never told you this story? I would remember Pluto being a pervert. Yeah, so I was in Disney. This was, I don't know, about 10 years ago, I think. I was in Disney with a friend. Um, We wanted to take pictures with Pluto. Pluto was very physical with me. Like, he started rubbing my back and everything. Um, He, as we were taking pictures, like, went down on one knee and was kissing my hand and, and, like, stroking my arm. And it, it was getting very much like, okay, we're done now. We're done with these pictures. So I go into... Um, this was in our hotel lobby. I go into um, the souvenir shop in our hotel. I'm looking at things like presents for my brothers. And all of a sudden, I feel a hand on like my, well, a paw, I should say. Because, of course, it's like a big paw. So he couldn't really, well, I'm assuming this is a man. Of course, I don't know. But, you know, let, let's be real. It's probably a man. Um, I feel him to like the best of his abilities trying to play with like my bra. Um, and he's still like stroking my neck and my back and everything and then he just followed me for a bit and I was laughing I was kind of laughing it off I was extremely uncomfortable but I kind of laughed it off and so did my friend and there was very much the the thing that was just the, the the biggest feeling for me was oh I I don't want to make a scene like I don't want to exaggerate I don't want to be 
too sensitive. Like I don't want to come across as as this woman who, you know, can't take a joke or can't really like. But thinking about this now, <laughs> it it's so sad. It's so sad that in that moment I didn't even consider this a serious thing because if that would happen to me today, that person would not have a job anymore. And uh, me and my friends would all have annual passes <laughs> for Disneyland Paris because I would immediately go to, like, I don't know. I don't know who I needed to go to, management, whatever. Um, but it would have been a big thing. I would have made a scene <laughs> that you that they would probably still be talking about. <laughs> to this day if that happened to me today but back then i was like oh well yeah that just happens sometimes because Isn't we that... used to accept that we behavior from men like we were just growing up no one told us that they're not meant to do this really no i mean people just weren't sharing their stories as well like i don't know no no nobody nobody said that these things are not okay and also when i think about the things that i would now consider sexual assault and the things that I 10 years ago considered sexual assault are very different there's things that I now think oh this is 100% assault or harassment or whatever and back in the day I would have probably just been like just brushed it off as like oh yeah well you know we're like amongst friends or you need to be able to take a joke or or whatever but no you don't no you do not it reminds me of a friend of mine. She told me she went out and then some guy, he was in like a club situation and a guy grabbed her ass and she turned around, saw the person that she'd never seen before in her life, just smiling at her like, <sighs> and she slapped him in the face. But she was the bad person for just slapping someone. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, of course, violence is not a solution, blah, blah, blah. But don't grab someone's ass. Like, no. <laughs> no or e- or even the thing that people do that well that men do in mm. bars where they like touch a woman's waist not just there. in bars Gladys I had an internship in Vienna and I was meant to go pick up sandwiches it was like a cliche of an internship well actually I had yeah doesn't matter um anyway usually I had my main co- point of contact with two women and only two times did I have contact with that director of the company um and he gave he had to give me the money though and while he was looking for the money like he was whole i was sitting next to him and he was like oh yeah let me give you that let me give you the money to pick it up and he was just holding my waist while he was saying that sentence to me and then he was looking for his wallet in his pocket while i was looking for his wallet his hand was still on my waist and it was at least three minutes that whole scenario from talk at the beginning to the end it was just weird and even then i was like that just didn't feel quite all right. I mean, he wasn't grabbing or anything, but like, you wouldn't do as if I was a guy, would you? No, no. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, I hate things like this. I um actually remembered. I have a friend who had a drinks reception um at at work. So I'm I mean colleagues of hers. Um, and she was a little bit drunk, but not. She she still remembers exactly what she heard um so she wasn't as drunk as they thought she was and she overheard two two of her male colleagues tell each other oh my god she's so wasted if you take her home right now you can do whatever you want with her and she won't be able to to stop you i'm gonna barf and i never say that yeah and that's exactly what we mean because then i think many people will hear anecdotes like this um 
and think, oh yeah, of course, but of course there's creeps like occasionally, but it's like, yes, but when you know that someone in your social circle is like this and says things, what do you do? Like, what do you say? What do do you do? You do anything? <laughs> do you try and stop them, or 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 is that just the friend that you're like that that the other the other men are just like? Oh, yeah, he's he's the creep. <laughs> he's the creep in our friend group. <laughs> like, oh, which reminds me, it's like when families say, or in movies, I heard it a lot in movies. I actually didn't hear it in my family, but it's like, oh, it's creepy Uncle John. He always does it. He's a bit handsy. Yes. Yes. Don't yes. accept Hensy creepy Uncle John. Call him out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or then, or young girls who then get told, yeah, Uncle John's coming over, so you can't wear a bikini or whatever because you. Um, there's a serious problem with Uncle John. I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's my bikini by the pool. <laughs> Wick is just the whole thing of well, you shouldn't have worn that. You were provoking it. You were asking mm-hmm. for it. But, I mean, I feel like people at this point know all of that. <laughs> but actually, I have to say, I am that person now when I go on my daily walks. Well, in winter, not so much. But in summer, it's warm. I want to wear my biker short um, sports leggings. And sometimes I just want to wear a sports bra. Maybe I throw a little um, T-shirt on top of it or something. And I just want to go for a walk. I am actively not going for a walk in those clothes anymore. And if I do, my T-shirt will be loose and baggy and I will pull my socks up so I look a bit like an idiot because I just cannot be asked to be catcalled one more time. But I do have to say, the next time I am very gassy, I will be wearing that outfit. I will be going for a walk. I will be walking for the person catcalling me and I will stop and I will fart at them. And I hope it will teach them a lesson. (laughs) That is my plan. (laughs) Let me know when that happens, please. Let everyone know. Let us know when that happens. I will. And I am gassy a lot. So it might not be too long. But why on earth do you need to think about your your outfit? But I'm exactly the same. And I, like I said, I live in an area where people I'm I I'm I mean like true crime podcasts make fun of my area. You know, I was recently listening to a podcast where the women were like, oh my God, you're you're going for a walk in that area by yourself. Are you trying to get murdered? Like that, that's the area I live in. Um, because it's one of the only affordable areas in London. Well, it's still not affordable, but you know, one of the most affordable areas. And I actually really like this area. I'm very close to the city center. I think it's great. There's very nice restaurants and bars. It's very there's a lot going on. I love it. I love it. But yeah, it has a reputation. Um and also we it's obvious why it has a reputation which is another issue um because it's a very multicultural um area which is also yeah exactly like i said why that has a reputation which is just yeah which is an episode in itself <laughs> but um i have gotten more and more scared and not just here but also in berlin so i recently went to berlin and like i said i lived there 10 years ago and I I was there this you know this summer and I really noticed that like areas where I would I went for walks at like 1 a.m. in the morning when I was younger when I was studying there because I felt like it because I felt like going for a walk now the second it got dark I was like okay 
time to time to go to my hotel and okay maybe i'm also just listening to too much true crime but i'm getting more and more scared and then um also well something happened well actually it happened again this week um so i think these yeah I, so in may a woman my age got killed um basically on my streets in broad daylight and then the same thing happened to a 22 year old man two days ago kind of like around that yeah kind of like around the corner um and these things happen everywhere i know that these things are happening in in belgium as well cities where that that i'm from that i used to live in belgium i know that these things happen everywhere but of course when these things happen very close to home like literally very close to home then yeah that kind of leaves something so um so yeah, I I am I am getting more and more scared and I actually had this conversation last week with my boyfriend because he would sometimes say things like, "Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not walking around with my important documents in Brixton." Like, yeah, it's Brixton <laughs> where I live. People could know that I live in Brixton. I have written a blog post about it as well so people know that. Um and he would make these jokes as well and then at some point I just I told him like, "Okay, but you need to understand like I still need to live here. I live by myself here. I still need to go to the grocery store i still need to walk through these streets where these people got attacked like i i live here i still need to do that and for you again your worst case scenario is probably yes getting in some kind of robbery and getting stabbed which of course is horrible but for me the list is is never ending like my my biggest concern getting stabbed is not even my i mean i don't want to get stabbed but like for me it's like getting getting raped getting murdered like that there's so many things that can happen to me and I feel like yeah we just had a conversation about it because he hadn't really realized like the impact that those things had on me and me living here by myself and yeah like I said I I've noticed that I'm getting more and more scared to to even leave the house which is very sad but because I think I used to think naively, I, I used to think, oh, you know, but of course people do horrible things, but like, why would they do it in broad daylight? And why would they do it on busy roads and everything? But well, there have been instances that have just shown. And of course, once you start noticing it, you're kind of noticing it more and more and everywhere. But I mean, you know, a woman got murdered by a police officer. So it's like, there is literally, I always, growing up, I knew that these things happened, but I always had this idea that like, if I did everything right, it wouldn't happen to me. And now I think you just see more and more things happening. That's well, not more and more, but I just become more aware of them that you can do everything right. And then things still happen and can i just say about the sarah everard thing so she got in the police car and there were actually people who were blaming her there were actually people who were saying oh but you should know your rights and you should know that you don't have to get into a police car and everything and so that i would like to say okay okay try saying that to a black person try saying that to a black man who gets shot because and that because then people say Oh, but if you have nothing to hide, if you didn't do anything wrong, why did you run? Why did you run away? Why did you not just um, cooperate with the police? Why did why did you not just get in the police car? But then, when a young white woman gets in the police car and gets murdered, it's her fault as well. <laughs> what? 
I don't know. I was just Googling. I was trying to find the name of the person who was leading the London Metropolitan Police. It was a woman, I think. And I think she said, well, she should have just flagged down a bus. That woman can fuck off. <laughs> oh, my they God. Actually, they actually released some text messages from within the London police as well. I, I can't really explain. I can't really tell you what was said in the text messages, but it was definitely the very opposite of feminism. Oh, the the man who did it, um, was it Wayne Cousins or something his name was? Um, was his his nickname was the rapist. Yeah, I think the they poli- joked about him being yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they say, oh, it's it's a couple of bad apples. No, 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 no. The entire tree, the soil that the tree is standing on is rotten. It's just completely rotten from the inside. And then, oh, yeah, and then they did this um, investigation. that, And then the result was, shockingly, that the Met Police is inherently sexist, racist, and homophobic. Who here is surprised? Honestly, and what will happen with this? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. Oh no, 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 no. Hmm. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting hot. I'm getting heated. <laughs> oh, and I know that this episode probably seems very preachy, but I don't but... even care. It's my opinion, and it's our podcast. We can share with and everyone. It... Yeah, and it's very important. It's just very important to discuss these things as well. Also, I remember I once had a discussion with... Well, it was probably my best friend who was having a fight on Facebook (laughs) and tagged me in it. Oh, God. (laughs) She does that sometimes. And it was this man who said... This was when I had my bus cut, so my profile picture was was with my bus cut. And this man was like, oh... I just had a look at your profile and I saw your short hair. You're just one of those disgusting feminists. And I was like, sir, okay. <laughs> oh, men are wild sometimes. Oh, especially the ones that start fighting comments as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isabella, um, you're a feminist. You would you would say that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and you're also in a relationship with a straight cis man, right? (laughs) Yes. So how would you say you, like, do you notice any of these conversations that you feel like you have, that you needed to have, or things that you, like, notice in your relationship? Because then, like you mentioned in a previous episode as well, you've also um, dated women, so... Is that something that you have, like, from a from a feminist perspective and, like, how, maybe how, like, household tasks are divided or whatever? Is that something that you have noticed? Um, I mean, I don't think I would have been in this relationship for five years at this point if I would have noticed many of those things. I don't think I've noticed anything obviously that would be a no-no for me or anything that would shock me if anything we might have had discussions about things not discussions just me informing about I do walk home with a key between my fingers and I do have my creepy walk that I put on when I feel like someone's really close to me or like I do have a creepy walk because my theory is I want to be creepier than the creeps to freak him out but like that I, I think do... I think it was um I think it was Sharon Needles who said <laughs> when in doubt freak them out <laughs> exactly 
Agreed. Yeah. That's a good mantra. No, but like I think if anything, those were maybe like conversations. Or when when I said that case happened um in Manchester with the guy that roofied the man, I did I'm pretty sure we talked about how I was brought up with looking after my drinks and I asked him if he did and he said probably not really. Um so yeah, we had those kind of chats. But otherwise, I mean household tasks wise, I do have to shout him out because he's great. I mean he probably we probably could have split the tasks differently but I'm a clean freak and I don't want anyone to clean the only person that would be allowed to clean my flat is my mom everyone else couldn't get it to my standard I'm sorry um but yeah our household tasks are like I do the cleaning and the laundry but he does the cooking he looks up the recipes he does the food shop he literally just left while we were recording to get the food shop because he's gonna cook a bolognese tonight like I think there's not really much stereotypes between our um household chores I mean I care a lot more about the cleaning but then again that's because I'm obsessed (laughs) with it um yeah 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 I think for me I mean me and my boyfriend we, we don't live together but um I would say when I kind of notice it sometimes and I'm like ooh, is this is this like a stereotype thing or like a gendered thing is for example that like if he picks me up from I don't know the airport or the station or something he will carry my luggage and things like that but then then I think it's mainly I don't know sometimes it's just also sometimes I also am just like well you're a man you get you get many of the privilege already so you can do this or um and also, I think the the I, I sometimes joke and say the one thing I am more than feminist is lazy. <laughs> so I yes, agree. I do let I do let him I mean, take the bit. Sorry, yeah. not that you are lazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am. I am. We can agree on that. So I do let him take the bins out. I do let him like carry my luggage. I do let him do the manly things. But then I also he also cleans and does the dishes sometimes. <laughs> so I mean, so, yeah. Do you know? Have you seen the reels or TikToks where it's like women that film themselves like when my man's around and then they're like, oh, you have we have to open the child pickles for me. You have to change the light bulb or please help me move the couch to the side so I can vacuum. And then it's like a cut to and when he's not around and they lift the car and throw the couch through the house. <laughs> That's about the, the right explanations. Like I do all of I can do all the things. But when he's around, I'm like, I really can't be asked. Just do it. It's just nice having something doing things for me because like you said I'm lazy oh and I have shamelessly used the the women card at some point as well which maybe I shouldn't say that but <laughs> that was this one time I had just moved into my flat uh my tv was massive and way too heavy and I just knew that there was no way I could get that thing on my tv unit and I was here in London by myself you know and then there was a man who came over to check the boiler probably because <laughs> That's just, you know, one of one of the things that you deal with when you live in the UK. Um, a boiler that never works. <laughs> and oh I need to stop. I need to stop talking about boilers. Um, but the guy came over and I honestly I did the whole like, Sir, can you please help me? Because I live by myself and this just got delivered and I just can't do it. And I was like, we can li- we can both lift um like one end, and he was like, no. I'll do it. <laughs> he wanted to <laughs> prove a point, I guess. So he just he just did it by himself. And then he even made a comment that was like, uh, you know, you're you're just lucky because women, you guys have you you women have shoes 
to obsess over and we like tech and we like TVs. And I was like, you know what? Normally I would have started the discussion. I really needed you to do this. So I'm just, I'm going to shut up now. I'm just going to smile and nod. I've got to smile and nod in this situation. So sometimes, sometimes there are situations or when you need, when you need people to change your tire or jumpstart you or whatever. Oh, I, there have been situations where I have played dumb and I don't even, I don't even feel sorry. I mean, even, even my boyfriend likes to use the women card with me, through me sometimes. It's like when we buy something and we order it and it's like, let's say a big shelf or something and we just can't be asked to carry it up. And they are meant to deliver it to our door. I open the door and we act like I am alone at home. And that even though he is here, because then they will actually bring it up like it is actually meant in the contract when I bought that piece. Um, whereas if it's just him with notice, they just drop it out at the bottom and then we both have to schlep it up the stairs. So we do sometimes when you get deliveries, it's just going to be, hi, can you please carry it up for me? Thanks. Yeah. And I feel like as long as we don't have equality... We deserve to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can mm-hmm. do that. <laughs> I agree. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, the one thing that, and this is something that in the UK is standard and in where I'm from, in Belgium, is actually, well, at least in Flanders, is not, like has never been the tradition, is women taking their husband's name. That is something that in Belgium we just don't do do like my my great grandmothers didn't have their husband's name it's just not something that we do and i i can see i mean i've had conversations with women in the uk and and it's always from a point of like well no mo- most of the time it's from a point of like yeah but if we ever have children then they will all have the same name and then the child will have the same name which i completely understand but for me again not being used to this it's like okay but then my you know, problem, if you can call it that, with this is that it's assumed that it's automatically assumed that it will be the woman who will take the husband's name because it is still, it's just a very, in my in my opinion, quite a, quite an outdated thing. And I mean, of course, pe- people can have their reasons why they want to do this. And I know that when men, two men get married, they might decide to do this as well. Um, or when two women get married, they might one might decide to take the other the other one's name. But yeah, I don't know. It it is still that idea behind it that like now you're that man's property. So to me, to someone who has never had this <laughs> growing up and, and yeah, it's just I've always found it very I've always found it odd. I don't know. What are, what's your opinion on this? Well, I grew up with thinking it's quite normal because everyone just did it and I didn't really think about it but all that I got and the more annoyed I got about certain things in the world the more I'm like I wouldn't well okay before it goes about before it has anything to do with feminism in my opinion I just don't want to give up my name because it literally identifies who I am if my name is going to be Isabella Smith or Isabella Muller no one's going to expect me to walk in the room (laughs) and I kind of like that my name kind of gives away part of my identity and how I will look and my culture um and then on the other hand I do like the idea that if you get married that you can get like that unit kind of that we become a unit but and a lot of people (laughs) and also my boyfriend are disagreeing with me but I want a double name 
And I do not care how stupid it sounds, but I want that double name. And I don't want to have, I also don't want to have, if I have a child, um, for my child to then have a name that doesn't indicate how they most likely will look like if it's going to be a biological child that will be quite brown. <laughs> um, I think it's just part of it. So I haven't thought of it in a feminist way a lot. It's more like of a race, cultural identity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. 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 But I actually kind of like the idea of a double name. Or you just make up a name. I think that's like my favorite Renesmee. idea. Like Renesmee. <laughs> 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 kind of like that but they're like as a as a as a last name you know for your family you just kind of you just yeah. come up with your own with your own name yeah, yeah. I like that I like that that would be so cool yeah <laughs> okay well um to end this episode well we do have some recommendations of course but for, did, did you want to say something or not no Anything we can else? go to the okay my section <laughs> okay so i have some well yeah the advice section <laughs> we have been kind of um talking and sharing our very strong opinions for a bit but again i think that's that's important and that's what we wanted to do with this episode as well um and i do have some tips on how to be an ally as a man or how to be a feminist as a man okay the first thing i think is recognize your privilege so um kind of similar to what we discussed earlier i think the same thing kind of goes for for gender of course you know you will like bad things will happen to you as a man professionally in relationships whatever but they most likely won't happen to you because you're a man people most likely won't treat you worse because you're a man um so just be aware of it i think is the first thing then also um when it comes to issues that directly pertain to women's bodies and women's experiences listen and try to not make it about you um so yeah definitely speak up when you hear things that that are not okay and like definitely as like as women we do need men to also speak up and share their experiences and everything but also don't put yourself at the forefront i think is very important um and the same thing goes for i don't know homophobia and racism and fat phobia and like i said all the isms <laughs> and the phobias um if you want to be an ally I do think it's very important to um to discuss it and to speak up but to not to to make sure that you also leave these voices or you also let those people use their voice. <laughs> so um then an important one address men's issues with other men as well talk to your bros talk to your homies <laughs> oh this feels this feels very cringe me saying these words talk to your friends about mental health about you know ask ask your friends how they feel tell them that you love them all of those things talk about toxic masculinity and and maybe what you guys have learned growing up and how you can unlearn this um then also don't use the label of feminist as a way to try to get women to like you. So kind of like the the nice guy thing. Um, I think we also need to remember, again, when it comes to every kind of allyship, you don't get a medal 
for doing the minimum like you don't get a medal for speaking up because that's just something that you should do because you want to um so I don't you you shouldn't get rewarded for that and I feel like if you think that you're owed something in return then you're probably not that nice <laughs> um then also educate yourself about the history of feminism how women of different backgrounds have approached the movement and led the movement and yeah make sure that the history of feminism isn't whitewashed like we discussed and then also um and I think maybe perhaps the most important one and also the easiest one I think for men to do engage with people outside of your circle don't just engage don't just have friendships with other men who have the exact same experiences as you and I this is probably maybe this is um Maybe this is controversial. Maybe people won't agree with this. Maybe women won't agree with this. But I feel very strongly about this. Men who don't have friendships with women, massive red flag, in my opinion. Massive red flag. I would not want to be with somebody who doesn't have very close female friends. Why? Because I wonder, it can't be, it's impossible that as a man, there is no woman that you admire, that you respect, that you want to be friends with on a platonic level that just makes me think okay so do you only respect women and do you only want women near you if you can get something from them like in a in a romantic or in a sexual way I, f I don't know I find that very I find that very strange and I know that there's many heterosexual couples who who are like that like who don't really have friends of the um of another gender but I yeah like I said that it would be a red flag to me it would be because it just I just don't I just don't buy it I just don't believe that there is no woman that you um that you want to be friends with and there is that quote <laughs> I think I think it's bell hooks as well I love bell hooks who said um that many like often when you think about men like men can be in relationships with women and men can have sex with women. But when you look at how, like who men respect, who men look up to, who, which authors men read, um, all of that, most of the time it's other men. And there's actually something very homoerotic about it, ironically enough. <laughs> but that's like men usually, like many, many men reserve their respect and admiration for other men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. I don't think I have any more advice. Well, actually, all I would say is this advice doesn't just go out to men. Well, some of it does. Because if you're a mom and you have a, a boy, you can have these conversations with your child as well. And I think that's what I want to do. Should I ever have a child and should I ever have a boy? I want to make clear that there are certain things that are just not okay. And I think it's fine to raise a boy <laughs> from early ages on and I mean I'm not a parent I have no idea but I feel like you have so many conversations with children about safety and whatever this should be part of it um and then some advice for men just to and you might have heard that and seen it several times on social media but here we go again just some tips to make women feel a bit more comfortable <laughs> outside if I or any other woman walks home from the train station at night and you are on the same side as they are off the road, don't creep up. Like, don't walk really close to us. You might walk a bit faster because you are taller, you have longer legs, you just have a speedy walker. 
if you want to walk fast, but you kind of are the same pace at some point as we are, can you just cross the road, please? Or like, I don't know, when we look at you scared, can you just smile or do something that indicates that you're not creepy? Because the amount of times I felt like I need to be ready to punch someone is too much because people just don't have a feeling for distance and sometimes you're just a bit too close. Um, same yeah. with if I'm in the bus or any public transport, the whole train or a lot of big part of the train is quite empty and I sit alone and you then decide to sit next to me, it's a bit weird. Or I just watched a YouTube video, I told you about this, about this girl who was filming and vlogging in public. She was on a massive field, a grass field really big and then there, all of a sudden was this guy who literally laid an arm's length next to her which is just a bit odd and he then also kept staring so it could have been that he might as well have been a creep because she left after that but like just think logically you might not even be aware of it but now please be aware of it yeah be aware of it yes and like I said I with me it has gotten to the point where if I see it out of the corner of my eye or if I hear or if I get the, the vibe that there's somebody walking closely behind me especially a man I will I will stop and turn around and watch you walk past me and I will like look at your face the entire time I don't care how weird I seem I don't care if that offends you I do not care I don't know you I don't know what you I don't know who you are or I will cross the road if if some if a man is walking towards me I I will most likely cross the road if it's just us there um and that's not like that's literally against every single man that I don't know because you just don't know you just never know um and I'd rather be safe than sorry and also if you're you are about to like cross someone do not reach into your pocket and then keep your hands there so many men do that and I'm like what are you what are you about to whip out of there? what is it is it a gun is it a knife is it your penis what what is it don't do that I mean I'm sorry that just reminds me the amount of penises I have seen involuntarily against my just will oh yeah walking on a public street in the middle of a day and some guy turning around and whipping out i'm just like why like <laughs> i mean you he's probably not well also i don't see random tits flying around i don't know no no and well yeah and that would be that would still be more i don't, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh god well that's still that's still different i think because <laughs> yeah I don't know. Boobs are just boobs are just boobs. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't see random vulvas on the streets. <laughs> yeah, but you can't also whip them out that easily. No, no, you cannot. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So if you do feel like you want to learn about feminism or sexism or how you can um be an ally or how you can be a feminist um some of the books that i have really liked and that i've really learned a lot from um are first of all and i have man mentioned it before in other episodes i think women don't owe you pretty by florence given i think this is the perfect introduction it also is she's also an illustrator and it has beautiful illustrations in it as well um it's very colorful it's very nice and yeah she shares her own experience but then also just talks about feminism, you know, in theory, but it's never boring or too dry. It's just a very, very good 
yeah, like I said, introduction, I think if you if you still if you feel like, oh, but yeah, I, I don't really understand or I don't really um, I think maybe it's it's just a bit much or whatever, then I think um, this is just a very good book to start with. Um, then also one of my favorite authors, especially about this um, this topic is Roxane Gay. Her book, well, she has several books, but um, Bad Feminist is, I think, a, a very yeah, a well-known one, I think, in in that in that field. Um, yeah, so again, it's a non-fiction book about her and her experiences. Then also, because I wanted a classic in there, <laughs> A Room of One's Own by Virginia Woolf. I love Virginia Woolf because that woman was ahead of her time. Also, her book, Orlando, iconic, iconic. <laughs> That's my favorite Virginia Woolf book. Mrs. Dalloway, don't bother with it. It's the most boring book I've ever read in my life. Um, but A Room of One's Own is, yeah, it's just very ahead of its time. It's quite revolutionary, I think. Um, so that one as well. And then also uh, there's a book called Invisible Women by Caroline Criado Perez, I think. So probably... Caroline Criado Perez. Um, and I'm probably butchering this. I'm sorry. It's called Invisible Women. And it is basically all statistics and like facts about our everyday life. Uh, it says exposing data bias in a world designed for men. So there's, there's, yeah, anecdotes and statistics from our everyday life. For example, there's um, one very like one one that I've heard in many conversations as well, which is that um, men, uh, well, women die quicker or statistically women die from, women die in car accidents a lot more because seatbelts are designed for male bodies. So that is, it's it's all things like, like this that just really make you realize how, how prevalent and how ingrained um, the patriarchy is in our society. So those are my book tips. Over to you. Well, thank you, Gladys. Those were really, really good suggestions. I really want to look into that one with the stats um, because, yeah, like you said, a lot of things, like also in medicine, it's mainly based on the male body and also, therefore, there might not be that much stuff about periods. Anyway, um. I have some suggestions as well. I've got two movies and one TV show. So the TV show I've got is The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. And for those who don't know, well, you can watch it on Apple TV. Um, and the plot is they are two female leads. They bring contrasting ideas of feminism and ways of working in male-dominated spaces to the television series that is called The Morning Show. Uh, meanwhile, there's also Steve Carell. He plays Mitch Kessler and he's the former co-anchor of Reese Witherspoon, I think. Who was fired after a sexual misconduct scandal um and then another movie well a movie i want to suggest is hidden figures it's actually one of the first high profile movies that show black women in stem careers so stem means um for those who don't because i didn't means science technology engineering and mathematics um anyway hidden figures tells the story of three very real women who worked as human computers at nasa in the early 1960s 60s so it's a true story it's very inspiring um and then last lastly my one of my favorite movies 
my absolutely favorite soundtrack of a movie as well is Promising Young Women. Um, it's, well, I actually don't want to give too much away about the movie because you get so much more from it when you just let yourself be surprised. But I guess one thing, and that's actually quite a big part of the plot, is it's that woman and she um, acts drunk and really wasted in bars and lets herself be picked up by men who want to take advantage of women in that state. Um, and, well, she then surprises them um, because she's not actually wasted or drunk. And the thing about this movie, first of all, it's just good music, music, like I said, but also the cast is really well picked because all those men who play horrible men are usually played by actors that are really liked by people. They always play the good guys. They're always the funny guy. Um, Well, they're not in that movie. Honestly, it's really good. It's just a well-written movie. And yeah, that's that. And if you actually want to meet a scary woman, you can go back to The Exorcist and you can watch Regan go mad. So there we go. Yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that was quite, that was probably quite heavy. (laughs) Um, I feel quite heavy now, but um, yeah, I think, like I said, it was, I think it's a very important discussion to have. Yeah. so yeah, I hope that you guys liked it and that you, well, you can relate to it. it sounds a bit weird in this context, but um, I hope that you felt a little bit, I don't know, heard maybe. Um, so yeah. Before we wrap up, we wanted to say thank you for everyone who made it to the end of this episode. We know, like Gladys just said, it was a bit of a heavier one. But we hope you heard something that made you feel seen or heard. Um, And remember, the journey doesn't end here. We will be back next week with a new episode um, of this shit, I'm a woman theme. And yeah. Yes. And of course, as always, we also want to hear from you. So um, share your experiences and your stories We've asked for them before, but we still want them. Um, you can connect with us on Instagram at We Are Millennial Musings or on TikTok, which uh, the account is just called Millennial Musings. You can share your own musings, funny moments, and the not so glorious times of being a millennial or any other generation. And if you like us and you want to do something a little bit extra, then you can always buy us a coffee. It can be a one pound coffee. <laughs> Um, and the link for that, we'll put it in the description box, but it's buymeacoffee.com slash millennial musings. Yes, absolutely. So until next week, stay curious and keep your stories coming. Bye. Bye.